Damn, I miss Texas. <laughs>
But Jax and I were really working the entire three days. Yep. You know, fun works. It's something we wanted to do, but it was still work nonetheless, you know? 100%. So we started off early on Friday. We met up for the first time. For anyone who is just listening now or has forgotten, Jackson does a show from outside of Dallas around how far away? Uh, no more than 30 minutes. Relatively close. I'm obviously in Boston right now. Yep. So we've been doing the show for over a year together, I think, right? It's got to be, or it's coming up to a year for you and I. It's coming up to a yeah. year, I believe, in June or July. And I've done the shows over a year and a half, somewhere around there. Oh, look at you. Oh, I know. <laughs> Big shot. Big shot over here. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess when you put out fucking three episodes or four episodes a week, I guess I can call myself a big shot. You're a vet. That's You're right. You're already a veteran in the I'm podcast a, league. Yes, I'm a veteran in the podcast society. Absolutely <laughs> right, Jackson. But yeah, that was the first time that we met. We went through the gear. We tried things out. We then went to an area of Dallas called Deep Ellum, and I had never heard of this before. I've never been to Dallas. I used to live in San Antonio, and I was thoroughly impressed with that whole area. Wow, that's really cool. I, I, I was actually a little worried if, if you were going to like it or not, but I'm really glad you did because that is my favorite part of Dallas for sure. Yeah, I could easily live over there. Oh, hell yeah. That's where all the venues are. I mean, that's yeah. where all the fun happens. I mean, there's always the nice places of Dallas, you know, to where they have like all the nice bars and mm -hmm. nice hotels and things to do, but it doesn't get any more homey than Deep Ellum. You know what I mean? Yeah. These were really cool, unique bars. Like anyone we walked into was done up differently. Plus, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, all the different venues were just right there in the same area. And then tattoo places and all this artwork on the buildings and everything. It just had this really cool vibe to it that Boston just does not have anywhere. <laughs> like really, it doesn't. That's the whole thing I was comparing the whole time. Like, what? Of course. Do I miss anything in Boston? You know, what's the deal? And the answer is no absolutely nothing because all of those small clubs and we end up going to the we are triumphant showcase and that was at the curtain club when i walked in there i was like this is one of those cool small venues where if you get a chance to see one of your favorite bands it's like something you always remember and it was just i don't know so different because boston really doesn't have those type of venues anymore they've all been taken over by the house of blueses and like all that kind of stuff are just completely torn down that whole story behind the venue just isn't there anymore that to me is insane because i can't even remember the last time i went to a show in house of blues or any of those big kind of venues like all the big bands when they come to dallas they do go to those you know club areas in deep ellum like even mm -hmm. when i went to that really huge um rise up tour Right. I mean, that's all in Deep Ellum. Like, I can't. I think the last time I went to House of Blues was when Mayday Parade came with uh, in the Alternative Press Tour. And that's about it. You right. can get your fix for all the shows in that really nice street that you're just in love with. And, and that's what I love about going to shows in Dallas. Yeah, I really wish I had more time to really spend there and really hang out. Yep. But we went to the We Are Triumphant Showcase. So while this is happening, there are other showcases happening in all the different venues as well. But we chose We Are Triumphant because of the lineup and because mm -hmm. friends of the show, Ascent Like Wolves, were playing as well. Plus, I'm a huge fan of Outline and Color and Misfortune. And it was the first time that Misfortune was going to play live in like two and a half years. This is a stacked lineup. We're going to that one. Yeah, for sure. And we were proven right. And I will say, for anyone that was like, oh, well, the Curtain Club, that sounds interesting. Like, what's the deal with that? 
It's a bar with a huge ass royal red curtain that they close every time a band is done. Sometimes they didn't know when to close the curtain correctly because bands still wanted to talk to people. So sometimes it was like they were just waiting for them to get off the stage. Like they closed like halfway. They're still talking. They're still going. And then like, okay, now it's time to close it. It was kind of funny. Gotta love the concept. And, you know, Curtain Club, man, that's a really good spot. It was a lot of fun. Met actually drunk people that weren't assholes. They were very funny, which is a big <laughs> difference between Boston and there, too. So that was a lot of fun. Obviously, hung out with the guys from Ascent Like Wolves, who are great guys in person, not only on the show. You know, when I had Al on for that Ian Hates Music Conversation edition, it was great to meet him in person, meet the whole band, a great bunch of guys. And they had a great set. And I guess that's where we want to start off with. My standouts of that night were Light the Fire, O Weatherly, Ascent Like Wolves, Outline in Color, and Misfortune. I would say mine, but you literally just said it. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> From Light the Fire on, I mean, except for one that we, you know, we obviously didn't say. Sure. Every single band was amazing. And Ascent Like Wolves, that was the first time I saw them live. Mm-hmm. That was probably the biggest standout to me. Sure. But if we're having a runner-up, I fell in love with the band O Weatherly. There you go. And they're a local yeah. Dallas band, right? Yep. And I've never even heard of them. And I usually know the Dallas local scene pretty well. But, I mean, this is you know a really local punk band that just absolutely killed it. They sound almost exactly like an early version of Mayday Parade. Sure. And it's just really refreshing because there's not a lot of bands that are really doing that anymore. And, I mean... They have this EP out. I can't remember the name right now, but I definitely recommend everyone look up O Weatherly. People should definitely look them up. For me, Ascent Like Wolves, obviously, they killed it. It was great. That was my first time actually getting a chance to see them live. And then yep. Outline and Color, they didn't even have their normal screamer. He was sick and wasn't able to do it. So they got someone to fill in for him. Plus, as most people know, Casey, the clean vocalist, isn't in the band anymore. We covered that story a long time ago. So they had the original vocalist for that EP. So they had two people that normally aren't even in the band, and they still did an awesome job. Yeah, they. I mean, they killed it. It was really fun to watch. And every single band that we saw that night, I've never seen live before. So it was really cool just to see all these new impressions on me. You know what I mean? That was like my fourth time seeing Outline in Color, I think. Wow. First time with that lineup for sure. And then obviously Misfortune came on for the headline. Even a band who hasn't played together for over two and a half years still did an amazing job. And what's really funny too, two of the members from Outline in Color are also in Misfortune. So Skaggs, the bass player, and I believe it's Nick, the drummer, are in both bands. Mm -hmm. So Skaggs had just done... Outline in Color, then does Misfortune, and he's killing it up there. Josh did a great job on the guitar. Mikey, seriously, his voice is so close to Johnny Craig, it's not even funny. And the way he carries himself on stage, it's just awesome seeing them. Like Seeing them live is just something that everyone needs to do. And I know this is their first show back in two and a half years, but I really, really hope they have a plan of attack now coming back to the scene to where they can do like a United States tour at least and just I mean, seriously, everyone used to check them out. I mean, between Mikey, the clean vocalist, and Skaggs, the bassist, and, you know, he does some backup vocals as well. I mean, they put on this show that just everyone needs to see. It was incredible. Yeah, you guys, if you don't know Misfortune in general, you should look up their album, A Spark to Believe. And then also, they have new music coming out, but we'll also talk about that a little bit later. Plus, I wanted to mention, I've had their track, The Double Threat of Danger. It's an acoustic track from that album just stuck on repeat in my head. It's so fucking good. 
I can't get it out of my head. But that was my first time seeing them live, even though I knew about their music and been a fan for a while now. It was just really awesome to get a chance to be there for that kind of reunion almost. Right. I mean, just a, just a really good night. I mean, the Curtain Club absolutely killed it. It made me really jealous that I wasn't there like all the time. Yeah. All right, man. So when that night ended, then it was time for Saturday. And that was the official start of So What? And that was at Air Hog Stadium in Grand Prairie, Texas. So we started the day off really early because we had to get our <laughs> media stuff and our press stuff all set up. And wow, we're going to go into all of that later. But we did a ton of work in the beginning of the day without even seeing any bands. And that was one of the most fun parts to me, too. Just like when we walk in and, you know, see how everything works, just us like doing things on the fly, just learning as we go. I mean, it, it really was a cool experience, you know, from the morning to the end of the day, just working. Yeah, absolutely, man. So around 5 p.m. or so, we finally packed up, carried all of our equipment and went out into the actual show. And then from then until around midnight, we just bounced around to a whole bunch of different bands. So I have the list here of what I was able to check out. I know, Jackson, you might have a couple of extra ones because I know we split up a couple of times based on having to get stuff done. So started the day off with Whitney Payton. And one of the reasons why I wanted to catch her set was because we also had her on the show that day. So we'll talk about that later. But it was really cool to see her do her thing with a live band. She had the whole live band doing, you know, rock slash metal while she's rapping over it. And it worked really, really well. And for her early set, she had a very, very good turnout. And she's very like crowd participation. She went out and sang while everyone was holding her. You know, she does that kind of stuff. And it just worked really, really well. Then we kind of bounced around. I don't remember the exact schedule, but I know we saw Escape the Fate. Forever the Sickest Kids, After the Burial, Icy Stars, He Is We, and then I know people are probably asking it, we saw Knuckle Puck, but we did not see the lead singer fall because we went over to see Escape the Fate. So we probably should have mentioned this before, but at So What at the stadium, there are three separate stages that all have bands going on them pretty much the whole time until sometime at the end of each day. Right. So sometimes we had to leave a band to go see another one. It was just the way it was. Or sometimes we missed a band that we also wanted to see because we were seeing someone else. Yep. So that's what happened. We didn't see the lead singer fall from the stage, but we did see the aftermath of said fall from the stage. <laughs> oh, I thought you worded that. Of said fall from stage. But for anyone who doesn't know, he does seem to be okay, which is great. Oh, yeah. He even returned to the show after and took a picture with the promoter, Mike Zemer. Yeah. It, it was really funny. Just how he like pushed on through that. I mean, really glad that he was okay. It was really worrisome for some people because, you know, it looked really bad. You no, know, it really did. According to everything I've heard about it on Twitter. I do have to say, though, and I wish I could give them credit because I didn't make this up. I think I mentioned something to you about Jared Alange when it happened, but I know that someone mm -hmm. tweeted, and I got a lot of publicity, but someone tweeted this was like God's way of telling Jared Alange that he was right, something like that. <laughs> It's terrible, yeah, I, I know. I it's, that. it's terrible, but you got to laugh sometimes. And I'm sure he laughed at it, too. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but other than that, we also saw Invent Animate. They killed it. Did a great job. One of the highlights of Saturday, for sure. I mean, it was just incredible. Ben's vocals, 
trays, drumming, the guitar work. I mean, oh, yeah. everything that Invent Animate does, they killed it on stage, and everyone loved it. No, it was really, really good. Then we saw some bits and pieces. We saw Never Shout Never. Yeah, also Avion Row. It Lives, It Breathes. We even went over and saw, what, one song of Puya? Oh, <laughs> I had to. I just wanted to say that I saw Puya yeah. for at least a song. We and, can say you it. Know, just, just to get it out of my system, because everyone was hyping up Puya right. before the festival. Like, this was a big thing, apparently, that So What got. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm not super into that kind of no, music. No, neither of us are. I wanted to see it, so I had to drag Ian over Oh, there it, it was almost it. a literal drag. Ian did not want to see this, and when we got there, I watched like what was it like forty five seconds of the song, and we're like, okay, we're good now. We can just go. Yeah, I want to say we stayed for like half a song, maybe. But I will say he yeah. had a lot of support there. There were a lot of people oh, sure. really jamming out to what he was doing. So good for him. It's just not our style. No, I completely agree. I mean, he did bring, he brought a lot of good shit to So What Music Fest. I mean, everybody enjoyed him. It just, <clears throat> it just wasn't me and Ian's thing. Like, I like Whitney Payton's style more because she's using actual instruments and rock music and all that kind of stuff right. to do the rhymes and everything that she's working on. So I like that much better. Yeah, I agree. So then come some of our more interesting parts, I guess. One of them was I was super excited again to see Misfortune. Mm. So I don't know what happened. I don't know the behind-the-scenes story of this, but it was I thought it was strange anyways. But there were a lot of scheduling conflicts, it seemed, with Stage 3. So I'm not mm -hmm. exactly sure what happened there, but Misfortune came on at a completely different time than they were supposed to, and then their set got cut short as well. And it wasn't anything to do with like equipment malfunction or anything like that, so I'm not exactly sure what happened. But for the little set they had, once again, they did a fucking great job. And still, we're jumping around a little bit, but we saw the browning, because at that time, I think Puya was on stage. <laughs> it was the other option. And now, they do a very good job of mixing in their EDM techno stuff, it's just a little bit repetitive for me. It throws you off. A little you know? bit. It really does. Because <laughs> sometimes it seems like it's way more EDM concentrated. Mm -hmm. And like you can see where literally the guitarist and the bassist don't even have their hands on the strings or like anything. They're just, it's just hanging there. And then while they're like pumping up the crowd and stuff while the EDM is going, so right. it kind of like throws you off. But I will say they put on a good show though. Oh, yes. And the crowd loved it. And the vocalist, by the way, great vocalist. Yeah, I mean, he's he a really good vocalist. No, I yeah, totally agree with that. It's just the EDM can just throw it off sometimes. Right. And that's why you check out lots of different bands, because you never know what's going to attach you and what you're not going to want to see. Yep. And then it was time, Jackson. Oh, shit. I had to fight this one a lot. <laughs> but there were multiple. Not only did we run into a scent like Wolves, who said, we need to go see them. But also, Jackson, you had never seen them before. Who is this you speak of, Ian? Who do you think? <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I completely forgot we watched them. <laughs> yeah, man, you made oh, me watch shit. them. I did. That was a rookie mistake on my part. For everyone who hears me shit on a mirror almost 24-7 on the show that we do, for me to willingly go see them, Took a lot out of me and Ian, but we did it. We pushed through. Like the thing that we always say on the show, we're always going to give everything a chance. And we took it to the highest extent <laughs> this time. And we actually dragged our bodies to go see Amir live. The critics and comments, the press and the nonsense, the fans who feel cheated and venues 
We saw three songs and we moved the fuck on. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I know people want to see Josh, so that's also why I went. Now, I've told this on the show many times. I've seen Amir like fucking eight times. It's never been because they were headlining. It's always been because they're opening for someone I want to see. That's understandable. You just got to push through it. You got to fight it. And that's what we did. And I wanted to see Josh, but Josh wasn't moving around the way he normally does. So I don't know if that's stage direction of what he was supposed to do or not. When he's in Glass Cloud, he's all over the fucking place, and it's great to see. I didn't see him really doing that much, so that's why I was like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, that was the main reason why I wanted to see Amir. And not only just to see Josh Travis, but I wanted to take that notch off my belt to say, like, <laughs> I've seen Amir live. Frankie you took your I mean? notch, man. I've never seen them before. I mean, I always shit on them, <laughs> you know, and I hate on their albums and shit, but I've never actually seen them live. But, I mean, what can I say, man? It's a mirror. <laughs> so, so, like you had said, we watched three songs and we dipped out. Exactly, man. Basically, Frankie said this. <laughs> and we fucking moved out the way. Yeah. I moved right over to Envy on the Coast. Your little Twitter story. So, once again... Frankie loves to like the shit that I say on Twitter. I was watching Envy on the Coast, and Amir was still playing in the other stage. So I just wrote on there, E-O-T-C, and then did a whole bunch of greater than signs, Amir. And that night, Frankie liked it. (laughs) I was just laughing my fucking ass off. Like, look, I give him total credit for searching himself out and liking, you know, comments and shit like that. I think it's hilarious, so good for him. Look... We give him attention, and that's what he wants, so it's a good give and take, you know? Oh, yeah, he loves this shit. I mean, every single interview always happens to be around the same thing, where it's like, yeah, man, we love it when people talk shit about us. That's that's attention for us. And little did we know that he likes it so much that he literally searches the shit that people say about him. I didn't even hashtag Amir. I just had Amir there. Yeah, it's just so that everyone knows, you know, just for a little clarification, Ian did not at Amir, did not hashtag Amir, nothing. It was a personal tweet. Yeah. <laughs> and he found it. Frankie found that shit. It's hilarious. So, Envy on the Coast were good. They did their thing for sure. And then, now this time, I dragged Jackson to this one. Yep. Once you hear this. Are you ready, motherfuckers? Let's go! You know it's time for the Franzilla and a little Attila. Oh, God. <laughs> Look how good of a fucking seller I am. I can't believe you just said that. I did it, man. <laughs> I did it. But here's the thing. Just like it was Jackson's first time seeing a mirror, it was my first time actually seeing Attila live. And that was like my eighth time seeing yeah. Attila live. You it know, was just it was a like switch. The, you know, huh. the give and take. It was Freaky Friday, man. Yeah. And you can say whatever the fuck you want about Attila. And everyone did, believe me. People, when I talked to people, they were like, wait a second, you're not going to go see Mayday Parade, you're going to see Attila? And I was like, look, I'm going to see Mayday Parade do a lesson in romantics at a smaller venue in May in Boston. So I don't need to see them right now, but I've never seen Attila. So this is like the perfect time. And for everyone that can hate on them for everything, and look, I don't really hate on Attila. I like their albums. I think they go a little crazy sometimes. But in general, I would say I'm a fan. And I thought they put on the best show of the day. I'm going to agree with you, man. Right? I'm not going to beat around the bush here. They fucking killed it. And no, I didn't finish it. 
because I wanted to catch the Lesson in Romantics cover show. Or I don't know how to word that one, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Anniversary I show? What did you say? Anniversary show? Yes, I wanted to see the Lesson in Romantics anniversary show, and I did. But I had to see at least five or six songs of Attila, especially since it was Ian's first time. I wanted to see <laughs> what he thought. And Sounds so every weird. Every single song they played was a fucking jam, and they just absolutely killed it. I don't care what I'd say about them on the show and their lyrics and stuff like that. They know how to put on an amazing show. And I could understand why they usually get nominated for best live band and stuff like that at the APMAs and stuff. They really do deserve it. They are a great live band that everyone needs to go see live. Absolutely, man. And you know what song came off really well live? Which one? You know it's true. I, I thought it was so funny when that part came on because the only time I ever hear that yeah. is on the show right. when you use the bit, and that's about it. So like seeing it live, I was like, oh, no. Well, what's also great about this, too, is if we have new listeners, you know, people that we met at So What, anyone who happens to stumble upon this episode, and then obviously our regulars, you know, the haters out there, people don't know except for the haters that we play these drops on a regular basis. Those sound yeah. bites are used for different things, normally for me to piss Jackson off. Now we get to use them in an actual context. Oh, man. It just works There's perfectly. There's reason behind the madness now. But yeah, man, I think that one definitely stole the night for me. And it actually makes me realize that I can go see Attila with other bands as well and know that I'm going to get a fucking awesome show. You know, and also for everyone, if you're ever wondering how Franz does live, Vocal-wise, oh, man, it's so he good. sounds almost exactly the same or better. Yeah, he's doing all those crazy transitions, all those different weird-ass styles that he does, as well as the cleans and uncleans. It comes off really, really well live. Almost like he yeah. has a backing track, but I could not hear a backing track. No, they're, they're, I mean, it, he's so fucking talented. So, I mean, it, it, it's just everyone needs to see them. That really is something that people need to say they saw before they die because... Fuck, Franz knows how to put on a show in the band. It was really, really good. And then, at the end of that, it was staggered with Mayday Parade. So then I went over and watched more Mayday Parade. And they did a good job as well. Yep, and that was Saturday. Yeah, man, that was a long day. That was a really (laughs) long day. So then, we got to Sunday. And once again, we got there very early, set up in the media room. And then, with this one, though... We were going back and forth between interviews and actual bands that we were seeing. So we saw a bunch of people Sunday as well. And some of these I missed and some of these Jackson saw based on doing interviews or something like that. We saw Sworn In, Spite, Sleep On It, Phineas, My Enemies and I, Like Moss to Flames, Kid Liberty, Idle Lives, Era, Capsize, Can't Swim, Backwards, Assuming We Survive, Turnstile, Norma Jean, He Is Legend, Every Time I Die, Dance Gavin Dance, and The Story So Far. All in one fucking day. That's what So What gives you. Yeah, that is it. I mean, you couldn't have worded it any better. That's what fucking So What does for the people of Texas. I mean, holy shit, what a day Sunday was. It's absolutely crazy. And look, every band that we saw did a really good job, too. Every single one. It was crazy. And some of these bands I had not seen live before. And I was very happy for the people that had recommended them. And we still miss bands that we wish we had a chance to see as well. But every band we saw was really good. I was especially a huge fan of Assuming We Survive. 
Those guys are great. Every single time I see them live, they're awesome. Seeing Backwards for the first time was also really, really cool. Their new album's coming out. Man, it sounded great. And they had a little bit of, I think there was a little bit of an issue with some of the instruments. You know what I mean? Some of the sound. But to come off really well with that style of music in an outside venue is really good. Yeah, no, I agree. And Eric July's vocals also really did great. Because I'm not going to lie to you, I was a little worried sometimes about the rapping part and how that would transpire live. But it went perfect. It, it was great. I mean, the only issues were a little bit of the, um, they had some technical issues yeah. with, the, I think it was the guitar and the, the clean vocalist. Yeah, the clean like vocalist. Side. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, other than that, for them to go through that and still put on a killer show, and they also had great crowd reaction. People yeah. were really digging their music. I was really, really impressed, and I can't wait to see them live again. Yeah, imagine seeing them in a smaller venue, like in Deep Elm or something. Oh, oh, I can only imagine, where you could even hear them even better, and it's yes. more intimate. Because mm-hmm. that's what you get from a backwards show. Right. You can tell that at an indoor, you know, more tight-knit group, it would have been really special. Mm-hmm. But even just seeing them live outside for the first time was still incredible. And I also love the message of most of their songs, too. Oh, of course. I and love when he wore his taxation and stuff shirt. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things where it's the kind of preaching that I like. Government sucks. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, I love taxation and stuff because it is. So I enjoy all that stuff. I love it. He, le- he definitely let us know. My Enemies and I did a really great job, too. I think their lead singer is really talented. Yeah. Because he's doing all the different stuff. And we'll go over their new track later. Yeah. But they did not connect well with the audience. They did not. No. And I was a little shocked by that. I was too. I thought they were one of those bigger bands that people were really going to take time to come see. But maybe it was just the timing of who was on at the same time as them. I do think that's exactly what it was because uh, my enemies and I got somewhat of a late slate. I think that was at about like, what, six o'clock, seven o'clock? Yeah, somewhere around there. And that's when a lot of the bigger bands were starting to come on on the main stages. So it was really hard for those kind of bands to get a lot of attention. Right. And I think that might be what, what, what happened to My Enemies and I. I guarantee you if they had an earlier slate, it would have been a different story. But the thing is, is that even with the not so many people they had, mm-hmm. even they didn't seem to be that much into the music, which I found shocking. I think they're one of those bands that you need to see in a venue where it's dark. And they can control the ambiance. You know what I mean? I think that's their kind of style. But their vocalist is amazing, in my opinion. I agree. And then obviously, fucking Capsize killed it. Oh, of course. Daniel coming out into the crowd and singing while he's outside there. Assuming we survive, Adrian did that as well. But it was just awesome to see it when bands were really, you know, saying fuck the barricade and coming out with the fans because they knew that's really the best way to connect with everyone. Mm-hmm. So Capsize killed it for sure. Sleep On It was very good, right, Jackson? Oh, yes. Um, Sleep On It actually got really, really good crowd reaction. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really happy about that because I was excited to see Sleep On It. Right. And they sound a lot heavier live than they do if you listen to them casually on your headphones, which I thought was super cool. Like the way that they carry their music live, mm-hmm. they seem even more epic than uh. when you hear them for the first time. Gotcha. Like, you know, just on like your headphones or something. So that really, really impressed me. I think everyone really needs to check out Sleep On It. I'm seeing them with As It Is in the summer. Oh, is Sleep On It on that tour? Yep. Unless oh, I haven't shit. mistaken, cool. but I'm I'm pretty sure they're with them. I hope so. I do remember like seeing the tour lineup and not knowing who the last band was. But now that I know, I mean, that's a 
even more of a stacked lineup now. Absolutely. With Rome and them. Like Moss the Flames did a good job. Love seeing Chris Roeder kill it up there on stage. I always like seeing that, like Moss the Flames live. A small metalcore band called Spite did really, really well too. Remember <laughs> yeah. them? We were like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> we went over and we were like, holy shit. Yeah, that was like a band where we were literally transferring from main stage one to main stage two. Yep. But to get to main stage two, you pass by stage three. And we were walking by and we see like probably the biggest mosh pit of the day so far. And we're just listening while walking by. We've never even heard or even know who's up there. And we're just like, who the fuck is this? And they were just destroying the stage. I mean, holy shit. Absolutely, man. Then Norma Jean did a great job. They had some technical difficulties at the beginning but i think they pulled through pretty well on that one and then i know this one like changed your entire world view oh shit every time i die and that was their first time ever doing so what that was the also the first time i've ever seen them live and just a little background before i get into the show i've always listened to every time i die whenever they release new stuff and i've always heard of them and i knew they were really big and everything but I never really gave a shit that much about the music. But I saw them live for the first time, and I was blown away. That was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Nice. And that was the only piece of merch besides the CD that I bought, that I bought t- towards the whole weekend. That was the only shirt that I bought was Every Time I Die. And that was after the show because I literally fell in love with the band, and I haven't stopped listening to them since the show. I mean, holy shit, do they know how to put on a show, Ian. I was just blown away. And the way the crowd was reacting towards them, their guitarist, just he at least stage dived three times onto the crowd, just absolutely killing it on the guitar while crowd surfing. I mean, everything they did. And this is while there was lightning in the background because the weather was getting really bad. Everything at the same time was fucking epic. We thought that we were going to get rained out or lightning or something, but it seemed like both storms that were actually going on were mm-hmm. to the right and left of us, and they yeah. never combined. So we actually had great weather for both days. Yeah. Very, very cool indeed. But yeah, look, I've already been a fan. People heard me talk about every time I die, probably what was the last week or two weeks ago when I saw them at a small intimate club. And I was talking yeah. about how they were like, this stage is your stage. This mic is your mic. We're here for you. And they just rip shit up. And that's what they did you know, at an outdoor festival as well. Yep. That's what So What did. They made a believer out of Jackson. How crazy is that? Yeah, no, they got a new huge-ass fan, dude. I'm in love with every time I die now. And Ian was just looking at me while I'm, like, fangirling after the show. Yes, Ian's yes. just like, yep, that's uh, that's every time I die. That's uh, that's what they've been doing for years, right. uh, Jackson. <laughs> I'm just like, well, fuck off, man. This is amazing. And I do want to tell a side story, too, that I've forgotten about. When Jax and I had finished up some interviews, we were walking around and I happened to be wearing my weather eye wolf shirt that I tend to wear from time to time. And someone came up to me and they were like, hey, man, that's an awesome shirt. And I've gotten that before. So I was like, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And he was like, I was in that band. It turned out to be Josh, the unclean vocalist of weather eye. And people know because I talked about on the show that they had broken up. So we talked a little bit. He's got a new clothing line called Slay Threads, S-L-A-Y Threads. And it's him and the, I believe, the guitarist from Weather Eye, Andre, as well. So I got to meet both of them. They were very cool guys. And it was just funny, if I had not been wearing that shirt, I probably would have never met them. 
but it was a cool little interaction because I was a fan of Weather Eye as well. So maybe someday I'll get him on the show and we can talk through his whole history and everything with the band and what he's doing now with the whole clothing line and everything. Small world, ain't it, Ian? In Texas it is, man. <laughs> so then it was time for the headliners of the night. We had Dance Gavin Dance, which it was mine and Jackson's first time seeing them, correct? Yep. And it was crazy because they said that they both had food poisoning. And both yet, of the vocalists. Yeah, both of the vocalists. And yet still did, what, 45 minutes, somewhere around there? Yeah. Which is crazy. And they did a great job. Never seen them live before. They're doing very technical music. And their voices were still on the way that you would hope they'd be. I was not too certain about how Tillian's vocals were going to go live because he does have a very distinctive voice that you sometimes worry will not be the same live. But it was amazing. I was really impressed by them. They they did a really good show. And they played a lot of Mothership songs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, uh, it was like a mix basically between instant gratification and Mothership. And then, like, I believe it was like one or two older songs. Like, they played jam after jam. They had a really good set and a really good set list, too. Just Just great show. I agree. And then after that, we went over and we saw the story so far. And then that's the end of the night. I thought they did a good job, too. Yeah, no, it was it was a really, really good night. And sadly, that was the end. I know. I mean, look, we were fucking exhausted. Like, there's no doubt about it. We were fucking exhausted. But I definitely didn't want the trip to be over. That was for sure. And yeah, So What was just so fucking good. And we'll end with talking about our interviews a little bit because they will be coming out later but so this was the first time that we've really done on-the-scene interviews. It's always been for Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition, we do Skype or phone. you right. know, And sometimes in person if they're at a show. We did that for A War Within, and we can do that anytime really. But most of the time, it's phone and Skype. Like I took probably like, what, 100 pounds worth of equipment <laughs> from Boston <laughs> to yep. Texas for this because I had to make sure that I had everything we could possibly need. I wanted backups for everything if anything went wrong. So when we got there on Saturday, because we missed some interviews on Friday because there were scheduling conflicts. So we didn't get some of the people that we wanted to talk to. So on Saturday, we had a schedule lined up and we went to the media room and all these people had already set up. And we were like, oh shit, where are we going to go? So we went to this other side of the room where they weren't originally going to be doing interviews. And I had the mixer. I basically had a smaller travel size setup of the podcast. That's what I was trying for anyways. Very cool. Unfortunately, there was so much background noise using the mixer that you couldn't filter it out because there was obviously three stages of music on the (laughs) baseball stadium. Plus other people talking in the room that you were going to be in as well, doing their own interviews and whatnot. So we called an Audible. We completely took apart the mixer and ended up plugging in our external XLR mics into a sound recorder instead that had the inputs for it and used that as a setup. But before we even did that, we moved out into this corner hallway that was right near the roof and basically took that whole area for us and us <laughs> alone. Yeah, we made it the Ian Hates Ghost Corner. Yeah, it was fucking great. And I really wish I knew who said it, but one of the band members who was doing a separate interview walked by at one point and he was like, what are you guys doing over here? And we're like, oh, we've got the setup for the podcast. You know, my laptop was there, the recorder, the mics, we had the seats all lined up. Like it looked as professional as you could get for a situation like that where we weren't filming, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh yeah, we're doing the Ian Hates Music show. And he goes, are you guys telling ghost stories? I fucking... (laughs) 
laughed my ass off because it was the one dimmer place compared to this brightly lit room. Right. From that point on, I wanted to just tell ghost stories on the podcast. <laughs> I wanted to interview bands by just talking about, are you afraid of the dark stuff? <laughs> so just imagine there's this area where there's windows everywhere, the lights are on, everything is fine, and there's a bunch of people set up to do interviews there. And then you go out the door and into this corner where there's no light, just a door to the storage room and a door to the roof. And that's where the Ian Hates show was set up. So everybody that came had to see that. But, you know, people loved it, though, did they? Yeah. No, they really enjoyed it. And it worked out really well. I think that was the best possible place for us. So basically, for people that are familiar with the show, you know I try the best quality I can for the interviews. So this is a little bit different. But we will have interviews coming out from some great bands and from some great people. So I just have to check levels and, you know, do a bunch of stuff to make sure that it sounds right. Because I want all this to come across well because I want these artists to be promoted, obviously. So we got on the show Whitney Payton, Ben and Trey from Invent Animate, Mikey, Josh, and Skaggs from Misfortune, Zach from Sleep On It, and Daniel from Capsize. Out of the lineup. And that's not even counting all the great media people that we also got to meet there, not to mention other artists that we talked to that should be coming on the show at a later date when we can do full interviews. So for anyone who's expecting hour, hour and a half long interviews with these, that is not what happens at live festival shows. They don't do that. I think our longest is 30 minutes. It was no more than 25, I believe. Which is longer than most people had. That is true. I was really impressed that we even got that amount of time. I was thinking 10 to 15 minute interviews. And we were able to extend that for most of them. So it it was really cool to do that. For people that aren't in the know, like we had to learn a lot of this stuff on the fly. Because as you know, if you look back in the archive of all the bands that have been on the show, they're all way over that time. 100%. So it was a little bit different. A lot of it is talking about So What, which is pretty cool, finding out bands that these bands wanted to see, which is also something I enjoy knowing. And really, they all came out really well. It's just I need to check the quality of everything, and then we'll get them out for everybody. But it was just awesome. Every single one of them was great. Whitney, Ben, Trey, Mikey, Josh, Skaggs, Zach, and Daniel, they were all awesome. It's really great to meet great people in the industry and sometimes that can be rare. Right. It was really pleasant knowing that every single person that we talked to didn't act as if they were bigger or anything. We met genuine great people yeah. at this So What Music Fest. We never met anybody toxic or that we just, you know, after we got done talking to them was like, man, what the hell? It was just a very fun, pleasant weekend. I mean, we met so much, so many great people. We really did enjoy ourselves. Yeah, seriously, a thank you to everyone in the So What organization for having us. It was really an awesome time. People were doing so much work behind the scenes. It was amazing to see all that and crazy to think about all the work that goes into all that. So I would certainly, you know, I guess if this is a recap or review of So What Music Fest, I would definitely recommend that people go to see this on a yearly basis because it really was awesome. Even though we were working, it still was one of those moments where you really felt like you did something. You know what I mean? I completely agree and understand what you're coming from. When when we got done with that weekend, I was really sad, you know, that everything was over. 
But at the same time, when I was like looking back on it, I was like, man, we got shit done and we had yeah. a really good time doing it because we worked, but we had a shit ton of fun at the same time. And that's what So What gave us. And they put, like you said, so much work into that and everything just came out awesome. And just thank you so much to everybody behind the scenes at So What. They did a great job this year and 10th anniversary, they're 10 years in and I guarantee there's many more to come. What's hilarious as well is Jackson got to see how like neurotic I am about oh, being yeah. <laughs> perfect for everything and making sure the prep work is done correctly. And Jackson did an awesome job with all that stuff with me as well. So that was a lot of fun too. Hopefully I put it out there. I survived three days basically on hotel pancakes, Coke Zero, and yeah. Texas craft beer. That was it. Yeah. We went we went to a barbecue place on Friday and I had this oh, little shit. small portion of like small, small ribs and a little mac and cheese. And the mac and cheese was the best part, unfortunately. And we actually got locked on the roof of this barbecue place in downtown Dallas. And that was Ian's fucking first, like this was the first day that Ian comes in. This is the first place he eats at. And we get locked on a rooftop. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I introduced him to Dallas and this kind of shit happens. And it didn't even ruin my time. Yeah, no. (laughs) I mean, Ian ran on one meal a day the whole weekend. Yes. I I don't know how he did that. I didn't do that. That's for damn sure. I had my three meals a day. And this is the only real improvements I could say for So What, basically, is one, it's very hard to improve on stadium food because right. that's how the stadium is making money. But what yeah. I would love is, why can't there be a music festival with like food trucks, like those specialty food trucks mm. where it's intermingled with everyone? Like I think that'd right. be really cool because how many great barbecue food trucks are there in Texas? Oh, dude, every corner. There's, I mean, I live in the country right now, and there's one outside my house. Yeah. And I'm not even kidding. Some Tex-Mex and stuff. Like, that would be really cool if there was some way to pull something like that off. That'd be very cool. The other thing that I thought was just a little bit weird about the setup was the big screen never showed any of the bands. It would be yeah. very cool for having that thing split into three where it would always constantly be showing who was on and maybe even the name of the band. So you knew, hey, you know, the schedule got changed or something. Because people's phones die. They weren't handing out printouts of the schedule. So you might show up and they're either behind schedule or one of the bands dropped. And here's a question for you, Jackson. I know you don't know the answer, but I thought this was very strange. We were looking for fit for an autopsy that whole day and they were just not on there anymore. I actually, it was funny. I split up for me in because I wanted to go buy some fit for an autopsy merch because I love their new album and I wanted to buy it personally from the band right. at their merch table because I thought that'd be really cool. Maybe even get them to sign it, you know, so on, so on. And I couldn't find it. Right. And then, you know, they're the, they were supposed to headline stage three from the schedule that I had at mm-hmm. least. And then <laughs> we look it up. I mean, we go on their Twitter and everything and there's no announcement that they weren't playing anymore, and we just found out on the fly, and it was just really, really weird. No, absolutely. So yeah, it's just little things that could probably make it a little bit better, but all in all, that was a great festival. Like we said, everyone involved was awesome. There were no issues. It was just, you know, we did our thing, we did a lot of work, but we also enjoyed ourselves, and I think that's the main thing. So look forward to some more interviews and maybe some more stories as time goes on, but we wanted to give a full recap of the music and everything for the three days of So What in Dallas, Texas. Yep, 
great weekend and just a really good time. That was the first time me and Ian actually met in person. Just, mm-hmm. just an absolutely great weekend. The worlds didn't explode. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson didn't get too sick of me, so it worked out, you know. Not too sick. Not, Not too, too sick. sick. I put him through the ringer, though. Yeah, Yeah, your voice died. (laughs) I put you through the fucking ringer to make sure everything was set. But I think it went out pretty damn well. I agree. It went way smoother than we thought we did. That's for sure. All right, guys. Well, I think that brings that to an end. I'm sure there'll be more stories that we've saved as well as a bunch of other stuff coming out later. But, Jackson, I think it's time for news. Let's do it. So going from So What to Warp Tour now, I don't know if you remember this from a couple of the past years, but do you remember how if you were a parent of a child that was going to Warp Tour that they were giving away free tickets? I remember perfectly because I used to tell my dad, hey, I want you to see my music. My dad hates my music, by the way, as most <laughs> parents do, you know, <laughs> but every time I go to Warp Tour, he'd be like, oh my God, you're going to go see that devil music again. <laughs> That's how it is all the time. He hates it when I play that music. And I'm like, hey, I really want you to see the show just so you can, just so I can get that off my chest and you could say that you saw it too. I can take you to Warped Tour for free. You know, I'll get my ticket and you can come with me. Right. And he would never do it, obviously. But that was a really cool perk that Warped Tour supplied. Well, I thought so. Now he can't because they have revoked it. Oh, man. And he was going to go this year. No, I'm just I kidding. knew it. <laughs> I knew it. They did just to spite you. That's for sure. Yep. But yeah, they have discontinued it. And look, what I'm assuming that happened is probably people took advantage of it. That would be my guess. I think in general, though, what other concert allows you to do something like that? So why would Warped Tour? Yeah, it's not a big blow or anything. I mean, it was something cool that they did, but it's not something not cool that they don't do. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that's the thing is just to let people know, don't expect to be getting your fucking 25-year-old father in when you're 15 <laughs> or something. You know, it's just not going to work this year. Right. And then you got like the dads that are taking their 12-year-old kid so that, you know, one of them can go in free. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, look, they still are going to have the reverse daycare thing, which is a hilarious idea. And I yeah. applaud them for their originality on that because that is just awesome. For anyone who doesn't know, it's a huge tent in every warp tour date where they have air conditioning and like TVs and a bunch of stuff for parents to do so they can leave their kids and don't have to, you know, stalk them, which would be very very fucking annoying. So they just oh, get yeah. to hang out and be adults and everyone else gets to go be a kid and watch warp tour. It's great. No one wants to mosh in front of their mom and dad. It'd be fucking weird. I see it all the time though. <laughs> We talked about yeah. that. Yeah. Now there are lots of parents that go to shows. I mean, we saw a bunch at So What as well. Yeah, we did. So there's your Warp Tour update. We'll obviously be talking more and more about Warp Tour as the weeks and months go on because it's coming up soon. Hell yeah. That lineup was actually confirmed. The, you know, the leak also was actually confirmed. So it looks like a really good lineup. It absolutely does. Next up, and we're just going to mention this briefly, just so you're in the know. But for anyone going to see Moose Blood in concert, because they are doing their whole tour right now, they no longer are touring with their previous drummer. They have replaced him for this tour. And Jackson and I don't really want to talk about it until more details come out, because I think that's a problem in society now, is to jump on someone right away when all the facts aren't out there. So it's not mm-hmm. saying or defending him. It's nothing like that. It's just, I'd rather wait. Before a guy's life gets ruined, if something isn't true, you know? 
Yeah, false media is an absolute horrible thing that happened. I knew nowadays. you were a Trump fan. No, stop. Don't do that. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with that. Most of the shit about him is true, and then that's what he says is wrong. But, oh. I mean, it really does suck to ruin somebody's life because someone wants to be the first one to announce it. You know right. what I mean? And we're not that show. Nope. So, you know, we're just going to respectfully say that happened. And if we find out what, you know, what more details come out of this, then we're going to announce them. So, Ian, Stick to Your Guns is now the first metal band to play in Kenya, Africa. What does that mean to you? I would say first metalcore band. Yeah. To play <laughs> to play in Africa. But, I mean, I guess it's interesting. I mean, they're a political band, right? Yeah. So, I guess it makes sense in a way to have it happen. But I think it's cool. I think getting music out there to anyone is awesome. To me, the cool part isn't exactly that they were the first metal band to play in Kenya. But it's what they did while they were there that I was really impressed with. You know, they went to all these villages where they're obviously, you know, malnutrition. They have low water and everything like that. And they would actually spend time with them, you know, while they were doing their show and everything. And I just thought that was really special. And that should, Mm -hmm. you know, say something to the scene. Like, you know, this is what bands can be capable of. And it doesn't matter how big or small you are, you know, as a band or as a person, you can go do something about the shit that's going on. And that's exactly what Stick to Your Guns did. You know, they're always political, but they actually walk the walk on this. They're not just saying shit anymore. So I thought that was really, really special. And, you know, good job to Stick to Your Guns. I totally agree. Totally agree. So next up, Danny Warsnop has done an interview recently where basically he's saying that he is not an official member of Asking Alexandria. Very weird. You know what, though? With everything else he has going on in his life with We Are Harlot and the country music and all that kind of stuff, I bet you for his type of personality, and this is obviously alleged, you know, it's based on all the news stories we've seen throughout the years with Danny. It's one of those things where it probably is in everyone's best interest to not have him contractually obligated to asking Alexandria. It probably makes the whole interaction smoother the same way where if There are often couples that get married and then they get divorced, but they love each other, but they didn't like that whole strain of being legally meant to be and stay together. And maybe that's just the best thing for such a volatile relationship family that they have. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a weird situation, but it's the only thing that's going to work for them. And I think we can both agree on that because he just has so much shit going on. I mean, he's he's uh, apparently working on movies now. Yeah, you know, he's already writing a new country album. He's writing a new We Are Harlot album, and you know, Ask Alexandria album. And this is all going on at the same time. He doesn't need to be contractually obligated to do anything because that's just how Danny Warsnop is, and that's just gonna be the best way to go about this. And I don't think Ask Alexandria is gonna have a problem with it too. I as would long think as he's so. there for tours and he's there for writing, and if he needs to, you know, do what he does and all that shit, just. Go do it. And, you know, as long as you know what needs to be done in your respective places, then fuck it. You know, we'll go with it. Yeah, he's been talking a lot. So maybe more stories will come out. I'm still interested in hearing what Ben thinks of all of this stuff because he's been relatively silent with everything. So I'm sure a story or something will come out about that. Updates on status of writing and everything because we're hearing conflicting stuff on a new album for Asking Alexandria as well. So we'll have to hear about that at some point. Yep. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Ben continues to stay quiet because he's just been down this road before with Danny. You know, maybe he's smartened up a bit and he, uh, 
you know, he doesn't want to mess with the drama anymore. But at the same time, I'm sure he'll be coming out maybe about album details, but not necessarily on like the current state of, you know, Danny and the band. He That might not be another path that he wants to go down, you know? Yeah, I can definitely see that. Next up, and this is going to piss both of us off probably quite a bit. Especially but, now. Yeah. But apparently, Every Time I Die had been banned from the House of Blues in Florida. I don't know the exact one. Is it Orlando? I think it's Orlando's House of Blues. Yep. They're banned for, I think it's the July 20th date because as we talked about, I think last week, they had announced that tour with Taking Back Sunday and Modern Chemistry. And they have tweeted out to people that they're upset and they don't know why they have been banned from the show because I checked and I'm pretty sure that Taking Back Sunday is still playing that date. So fucked up. Uh, and and again, it's it's not necessarily just the reason that they got banned, but there is no reason why they got banned. Well, Nobody we don't know knows. it. Yeah, we don't know it. So they were telling everyone, hey, you should tweet the venue and ask them and then tell us. So I have the Twitter handle here for everyone. Uh-huh. It is at H-O-B Orlando. So you can tweet them and ask them what the fuck the deal is. If I lived there, I would definitely boycott. I certainly would not go to any more shows at that venue based on this. And if it's true that Taking Back Sunday is still playing, now I don't know contractually, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, but I'd be very, very disappointed in Taking Back Sunday for continuing to play that show as well. I agree. If, if they're not contractually obligated to play that show, like they have to do it, then and why I can think a, they should... Sorry, but why can a venue... Sorry to cut you off, Jackson. But why can a venue ban a band... I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're still getting money. Maybe they still get their cut of what it would be, but they're not allowed to play. I don't know what that deal would be, but it just, it sucks. It sucks for the fans. It sucks for them. I could, I could see them still getting paid because, I mean, House of Blues Orlando had to approve them coming before. I would have thought so. You know what I mean? Like, they knew they were coming. This isn't like a new thing that, H, that you know, that House of Blues just released. Hey, by the way, they can't come. You know, they've seen this before, and I guarantee you every time I die has even played there before. Who knows? It's just a very, very weird situation. And and like you said earlier, I think it would be a little messed up if Taking Back Sunday and the other bands continued to play. You know, I really do think take, they should take a stand for Every Time I Die, as Every Time I Die is already um, a weird addition to the lineup. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be all sorts of different fans that Taking Back Sunday and Every Time I Die are going to attract. Taking away every time I die is going to take away a very big amount of ticket sales from that venue and potential fans that Taking Back Sunday could have. So they should take a stand for them. Yeah. I mean, look, if this is true, I'm boycotting the Boston date. So. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to fucking do that. You just hate Boston. You'll you'll boycott anything in Boston. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Especially the Dropkick Murphys. (laughs) I'm sure we'll have more on that coming soon, hopefully. I hope we do find out the reason. Yeah, same here. I'm really interested to know about that. Just a really weird situation. So yeah, Jackson, that ends our news segment for tonight. It's time for our favorite part of the show. Let's get to reviews. Oh, yeah. 
I'm sorry, man. Let me suck down some snot and get back to this. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I don't get it. I fucking love doing this show. I don't know why this shit has to always make things more difficult, you know? Yeah, no, and, and it's it's funny because we even learned and said this multiple times during the weekend, like nothing will ever go smooth. Yeah, it just never does. <laughs> never, never, ever. Well, anyways, guys, all right, we have a couple of reviews for you today because we went ahead and we really cut out a bunch of albums that we originally planned on, but we're not going to do them because I think that's going to be more our style now, Jackson. When we really like an album, we're going to talk about it. You know, yep. maybe we'll have differing opinions on it. Maybe one of us likes it, the other one doesn't, whatever. We'll have our debate. And then we'll probably do the bigger bands, you know, like the Amures that we don't like, obviously, because we'll yeah. have fun with that. But in general, I think we're really going to cut down on talking about albums that we don't like. Right. And I think the fans are going to enjoy that, too. They'll enjoy everything. They love Ian Hates music. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. <laughs> so let's start off tonight with North Lane mesmer on unfd so this was a surprise release jackson because remember last week we talked about the brand new track that they had released called citizen and we were like we still don't have any details of when the new album's coming out and just bam on friday there's a brand new north lane album yeah and that's really weird from our scene that happens a lot in the pop scene it's happened twice recently do you remember the last one i don't Avenge Sevenfold, the stage. Oh, yeah, oh, you're right. Oh, shit. Sorry, Andy I don't Jackson. even remember the good No, I'm just kidding. I like that album. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, they are a metalcore band from Australia. And Jackson, I know we had talked about this before. This is technically their fourth full-length album that doesn't include an EP plus a deluxe edition of Node, their last full-length album. But I really like this album. This is the album now that solidified North Lane for me. I'm glad you like it. This is definitely their best album. I still, and I don't know why, but I'm still not completely sold on North Lane. They are the only band in the scene that I continuously just listen to their music over and over. Like I save their songs to my phone and then delete them and then save them <laughs> again. Like I keep trying because I want to like them because they have so many like high points, but then I catch myself just getting bored with them and I don't know why and I hate it. Because everybody likes North Lane, and I get it why, you know, but I just can't get into them, and I try so hard. But this album, to me, was definitely their best. I'm a little worried about the whole um, surprise release, because I feel like they missed out on a lot of money. And I know that that's not what the scene is about, but when you're a growing band, I think it's important to do pre-order sales, and, you know, so you can know how your fans are, you can know, you know, more or less what, what kind of money you're about to receive in, so you can plan tours. And stuff like that. That stuff is really important to a band, especially one that's not big yet. You know what I mean? So it's a little worrisome. But I mean, again, if we're just talking about the music, it is definitely their best album. And I did enjoy it. And this is the one that's lasted the longest on my phone so far. I got you. Well, look, they have that big tour coming up with Invent Animate throughout Canada. Mm -hmm. So that'll bring a bunch of revenue in. But I do understand there's probably something to do with the contract of why they released it this way. It most likely has something to do with that. But I don't know how you could be bored with this album. I thought they did a really good job of setting the tone and the atmosphere of what they were going for. And their vocalist, Marcus Bridge, now he replaced their previous vocalist before Node came out. So he mm -hmm. did Node and now this one. To me, this is his statement album. Because holy shit, man, 
he does all the vocals, I believe. And he was yep. going back and forth between those cleans and uncleans, and he's got a great fucking voice. I agree with that. That to me, Marcus Bridge is the highlight of North Lane. He he has a very, very great vocal range because he has a different kind of clean vocal style. Yep. And it's really, really interesting. And I just love hearing it. But I mean, I'm glad you're in love with this. I really am happy about that because I feel like North Lane is a band that I would love to see get big. Well, you know how critical I am of metalcore bands because Uh-oh. I love metalcore so much. To me, and I, you know, it's nothing bad. Personal preference still has New Obsession by Vesta Collide so far for me, still number one this year. <laughs> but this is a very close second, I think. Like, this is right up there as a contender. I think wow. this is one that I hope to remember and hope to continue playing on throughout the year because I think they really did do a great job of setting this up the way that they wanted to. I really enjoyed the tracks Citizen, Fade, and Render. My favorite was Color Wave. Color oh. Wave and Citizen were probably my top two songs. We've already played Citizen. So I say let's play a little bit of Fade. Let's do it. Very nice. So for anyone out there, I would certainly recommend this album. Once again, it's North Lane with Mesmer on UNFD. Up next, Creeper. They released an album called Eternity in Your Arms. And this is off Roadrunner Records. And Ian, this is definitely my favorite album of the year and will probably stay album of the year till the end. I doubt it. I really do believe so. I don't know, man. Those kind of predictions in fucking March. I Dude. don't think it's gonna make it. Dude, I don't. I don't know what it is. I was I you know, it's like that feeling when you listen to something new and you just get like those chill bumps where it's like, oh shit, I just fell in love with this. That's what I felt throughout the whole entire album. And the last time I felt that was when I discovered neck deep. All right, man. Damn. Maybe <laughs> you're right. For people that don't know, this is a band from the UK. And this is a band who you probably have heard of, whether you know they're from the UK or not. This is one of those bands that has been pushed to the limit. Like Alt Press, any major, major publication in the scene has pushed these guys as really the next big thing. Mm -hmm. This is their first full length, and they've had EPs in the past. So that's also a big thing to note here. But Jackson, I am not even criticizing this. I think this fucking album's great. Oh, hell yeah. I was worried you weren't going to like it. Really? No, no, no. Dude, this is one of my styles of music. Like, this is, I love, I love goth stuff. I mean, this isn't necessarily all the way goth. It's in the same vein 
as a Snow White's poison bite, but <laughs> just on a different pathway. Like, it's hard to really put these guys into one category, but if I had to say it, I'd say it's something like horror, theatrical, anthemic, indie punk. <laughs> All together. Yeah. And I'm probably missing a genre in there somewhere. But yeah. it is a really great album, and it shifts tone, and it mm-hmm. it really captures you. And yeah, I'm a big fan, so I understand. I just... I have trouble saying that this is my favorite album and it's going to be my favorite album for a year. Dude, that's that's me. Uh, the only thing I can see competing with this is maybe the new being as an ocean album or old sleeper album because those are like the things that I'm looking forward to this year. So quickly you forget about motionless and white. Well, because I didn't like loud. So that's you didn't like one, one track out of three. Whenever I love an album, it's not because I love eight songs out of ten. It's because I fall in love with every song. Okay, all right. All you know right. what I mean? So if all there's right. one song I don't like, I hate that I have to, you know, hear the whole album and then I have to skip a song. You know what I mean? So it's not a complete project to me. I like pieces of their of their project that they made for me. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. All right. An album is a package, man. I gotta like all of it. You love your Anyways. packages. I got you. <laughs> um, no, every single song on this album. I felt in fucking love with. I was absolutely blown away. Uh, they had two songs, uh, Misery and Crickets. Misery mm-hmm. was on the EP that they had. Yeah. Um, but Crickets is a brand new song uh, on the album that they're both slow. Yeah. Um, every single song, they kind of fall in the categories of what Ian was saying earlier. But Misery and Crickets. Crickets is kind of like a country song almost. but Indie. Yeah, it's like an indie country. I Look, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to stop just putting genre labels on it because it'd be impossible <laughs> with this band. They're just everything it. and above, and they're just amazing. And I just I just love this album, and I think that you can't really explain why because of how different they are. And even when we got to So What, there was Creeper posters all over the whole damn stadium. Well, yeah, because they sponsored it. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like there, there's a reason why they're getting this big push. I don't think it's not deserved. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I don't think that's the case either. Usually I don't when that, we no. see bands go through that, we hate the band. Yeah, it's not like against the current or something like that. Right. We usually despise the band getting the big push and stuff like that because we don't think it's deserved. I think Creeper, that deserve it. And I think that everyone should check this album out. Just listen to it and see for yourself what you get out of it. Will Gould, the lead singer, has a great control over the vocal style that he's trying for in this album. Plus, you can hear their keys player hannah greenwood doing backing vocals for a lot of the album as well plus she takes center stage in the song crickets as well right and i think that's also a pretty cool touch to have as well for me standout tracks i've got black rain room 309 poison pens misery and i choose to live yeah and that's half the album yeah pretty much (laughs) pretty much so jackson then since you're such a huge fan, this is your favorite album of all time until the, oh, fuck you. Until the next Amir album comes out. Uh, what, of course. What is the song you would like us to try? Well, it's really hard because I love every single song, but I feel like yeah, for yeah. a new listener, they should hear Black Rain. That's the first song that I heard by Creeper, and I think that's how it should be for everybody else. All right.
Dude, that was funny because Jax and I were both mouthing the words and singing along while that was playing. <laughs> That's what they make you do, man. Just a great fucking band. It's true, man. Catchy as fuck, different as well, just super talented. So yes, I would certainly recommend this album to everyone. That's Creeper with Eternity in Your Arms on Roadrunner Records. All right, Jackson, that is where we're stopping because we listened to some other stuff and we weren't really big fans. So we yeah, just, it we, feels good though doing that. I it like does it. actually. It actually really does. But we will name some bands that are coming out with albums on Friday, March 31st. And we'll see once again which ones we decide to actually talk about. But right now we've got Backwards with Veracity on Stay Sick Recordings, Demon Hunter with Outlive on Solid State Records, Imminence, This Is Goodbye on Sharp Tone Records, The Artificials with Heart on Tragic Hero Records, Mastodon with Emperor of Sand on Warner Brothers Records, Body Count with Bloodlust on Century Media Records, Caution, colon, Thieves, Songs from the Great Divide EP. So we will see. I guarantee you probably <laughs> almost half of those get cut. I love the way you said it at the end. So we will see. <laughs> yeah, we definitely will because I already see a couple that I am not looking forward to. Right, same here. But we listen to them, and that's why we tell you about them, the audience. Yeah. Is that way you know they're coming out. If it's something that interests you, you should definitely listen to it because we're here to spread music to you. Yep. All right, man. We are all done with album reviews. Let's go on to new songs. If you think we're going to kiss your ass just to get a good review in your magazine, well, you're mistaken, my friend. Take a self-righteous pose and want to be right or can't be out pencil. Shove it up your ass! Shove it up your ass, you punk! Shove it up your ass, Jeremy! Shove it up your ass! Don't review that, Einstein! All right, guys. We are going to run through these once again. You know how new songs work. We'll talk about what we want to, and we'll just play little clips for everyone else. So, Jackson, how about you start us off? All right, so first up, we got Terror releasing their new song, Kill Em Off. And this is going to be on their new EP, The Walls Will Fall. And this comes out on April 28th on Pure Noise Records. Play that shit. All right, that's half the song. We had to stop. <laughs> Come on, man. It's classic terror hardcore. It's less than two minutes. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing much to say. I mean, I guess it was uh, it was pretty fun to listen to, I guess, when I first heard it. And the music video was interesting. But other than that, I mean, you can't really dive in too much to a two-minute song. I mean, less than two-minute song. Yeah, right. Like, I could see it being really cool to see live, but, I mean, that's about all I get from it. They get all of our respect. They've been around yeah. for forever, and they're doing their thing. We know that. You know that. So just go listen to it. Yep. Next up, we got Heaven Shall Burn, and they're releasing their new song, Corium, and this is going to be on their new album, Wanderer.
See, man, if I ever went <laughs> on a fucking quest, I'd be having that shit jam out in my head as <laughs> so I was going off into fucking battle or something. Yeah. Like, that's the thing about them. I really like what they do with their instruments. I really think they're super talented, and I love shit like that. I think that whole epic, like, fuck yeah, man, I'll put my fist through someone's face and steal their sword. Fucking, <laughs> it's fucking great. The thing that I'm just doesn't connect with me is their vocals. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's why I was laughing because you cut it off as yeah. soon as the vocals started. <laughs> you played it for like 0.8 seconds so that everyone can like taste it for a second and then just like, no, this is shit. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. It's just the vocals don't connect to me. That's all. Yeah, no, I don't. I honestly don't even like the vocals at all. I, but like you said, the intro is like, oh, shit. Yeah. And it, it gets you know, even I'm starting my quest. It gets even cooler later on, too. Check out the track. See if you like it. It's just not my thing. That's all. Next up, one of Jackson's favorite bands, Body Count. Their new track, Black Hoodie, from their new album, which we just mentioned, Bloodlust, comes out on March 31st via Century Media Records. Let's take a little bit of a listen. This is how it happened. I think you can get not only by the title of this track, but also what they just went through, what the track is about. Yes, very clearly. And if you don't understand it, then uh, you're a little off. Yeah, I don't know where you've been for a long, <laughs> long time. What I really like about Body Count is that they will tackle all this stuff in their music. There's always a point. Even if their last track was a little ridiculous with the whole pretending to steal stuff, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of thing. I like music with more of a message like this. And not everything they say is going to be right in some people's eyes or wrong. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't always matter that way, but they're really trying to do something. Plus, I really like that whole dynamic of a hardcore metal band with iced tea over it. I don't know why. I just do. You're probably going to be happy to hear this, but I actually did like this song. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, the music video was great. Yeah. The message, awesome. I love how they painted the picture of like, yeah, he ran away from the cops, but he wasn't armed. He wasn't doing anything. He just, yeah, he made a mistake, but he didn't have to fucking die. Right. You know, like they didn't put it as like, he's this super innocent guy that wasn't doing anything. And then they just got shot. You know, he put it in a more realistic way. And I think that's what a lot of people don't see. And he even specified like, yeah, he may have did this, but that doesn't mean you get shot. Right. And even with that message, I actually liked the song this time because <laughs> I usually <laughs> like the message and I hate the song. This oh, time okay. I like both. Oh, okay. you know what I mean? Look at that. We got a new a new convert here. Yeah. No, it's, I, I was actually shocked because I was hearing it and I usually like tune out about two minutes <laughs> in or, you know, like a minute in. Like I keep listening to it, but I already have my mind made up like, oh, gosh. But this one, I was like, okay, I, I dig this. It was it was really catchy and it was cool. Well, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about next week. Yep. All right. Next up, we've got My Enemies and I with their new track, Riot. Now, they don't have any other info for any new 
material or anything, but I was a fan of their previous EP. And like I've mentioned before, we talked about it earlier, I've seen them live multiple times. I think they're good guys, and I liked where they were before. I am not a fan of this, and not because of the direction. Not because of the direction. Because Jackson and I have talked a lot about recent revivals of new metal bands. You know, we talked about Versus. We liked Versus a lot. We liked Afterlife. We like a lot of that stuff that comes out. It's not the direction. It's the song itself. Mm -hmm. That's the issue we're dealing with now. So I'm going to play a little bit of this, and I'm going to do a little compare and contrast, okay? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Wow, I am glad that people know that this is not safe for work. (laughs) Because seriously, he goes on to say, motherfucker, probably 60 more times. Yeah, probably literally 75% of the lyrics. And now Jax and I saw them do this track live as well. And it's even worse. Yeah, it does not come off well live, that's for sure. So obviously at the beginning of that, you hear the Rage Against the Machine. Of course. No doubt about that. But then besides Rage Against the Machine... I instantly heard a band that you don't like, Primer 55, for sure. We just did a breakdown from the past of them. You can easily hear the similarities between this and something like Loose. But then also, I hear so much Limp Bizkit counterfeit from their first album, $3 Bill, y'all. And I just want (laughs) to play a little bit of it because I couldn't believe how close it was. So listen to this. Tell me that doesn't sound almost exactly the same. It's the same format. And I'm really glad you played that for people to hear because I didn't catch that. Yeah, because you can check out later on into Riot and you'll hear the part. It's almost exactly the same. It's the same breakdown. It's the same all of that. And I just don't get it. They used to have lyrical content to their music. They used to have something Mm -hmm. to say. It was all about, you know, being yourself and, you know, you don't need to save me and all of this kind of stuff, and then now you just get, let's start a riot, and motherfucker. And I don't care. I swear on everything. How many times do we swear all the time? Like, it's not a thing. It's not about the swearing. Who gives a shit? There. Look, I just swore. I don't fucking care, you stupid (laughs) motherfuckers. Yeah, you stupid motherfuckers. You get it? Yeah, it's good. (laughs) But I don't need it in a song that means nothing, and I don't care that the direction is new metal. I don't care. If that's where they want to go, that's where they want to go, but 
I really hope there's more substance behind the next stuff. Yeah, I agree because it, it this really is a big deal because they released a kick-ass EP that me and Ian both enjoy yeah. highly. So you 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 know the track that comes after that or EP or next album that follows up after such a successful EP should be another banger because that's what keeps the fans interested even more. You know what I mean? You would really but hope for their first song after that to be this. It's like, fuck man, come on. Yeah. And we can say we saw it live. It didn't go off well live either. Yeah. It was worse live. Yeah. It actually was. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's too bad too, because yeah, we can't say enough good things about the band, but not that track. Yeah, it really was funny because me and Ian were like enjoying the show and then we like look at each other when he said motherfucker after the eighth time. Yeah. <laughs> we just looked at each other like, oh man. And then Ian reminded me about Primer 55 and yes. all that. I was like, oh, on man, the spot. On the fucking spot. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to a band that I recently found because I did a concert review. It's Wednesday 13. They have their new track, What the Night Brings off of their new album, Condolences, that's coming out June 2nd on Nuclear Blast Records. Let's take a listen. No one knows what the night brings. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, it's that whole like metal core, metal Rob Zombie type horror metal thing. I'm a big fan because I saw them live. I think they're such a great live band. And stuff like this is just like kicking it old school. I don't know. I enjoy it. I like all that shit. I've never seen them live, and this is actually the first track I heard of them. But yeah. I really, really did enjoy it, too. Yeah, it's fun. I think... They're always going to keep with a similar theme. You know, they're not going to stray too far away from what they do best, but they do no. a really good job with all of that stuff. And they're just a really fun band. So for me, it's one of those things where I'm definitely looking forward to condolences because I want to see where they're going. Yeah, same here. It, it kind of, I don't know why, but every time I hear this, this one name pops into my head. And the genre I give them is Nightcore. Ooh. Has anyone yeah. taken trademark? Trademark, real <laughs> trademark. quick. <laughs> It just reminds me of Nightcore for some reason because it's like you don't even have to see them or anything. You hear this track and you just think about dark, <laughs> but it's like super catchy and just awesome. And the video, by the way, I think everyone should see too. Yeah. It adds an interesting take to the song. They're always very I artistic. I really enjoyed this. And that's what I said before on the show when I saw them with One Eye Doll is you should see them live if you get a chance to. I would love to. Next up, we have the band... Forget Tomorrow, they have their new track, Say No More. Now, we covered this band a couple episodes ago, maybe, when we did yeah. the real thing that they had. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It was catchy, and there were a little bit of uncleans, but let's just play this one just a little there bit. There was of the it. dab also. Yeah, there was the dab. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Jackson. I almost forgot. All right, here's a little bit of this track.
Fuck it, man. I can't. <laughs> Damn, that was quick. I can't. I just, it's not that they're terrible or anything, but it's saccharine. I feel like when I listen to that, I need to make a dentist appointment. <laughs> it's No, I, I agree. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. Um, I thought the real thing was actually pretty good just for itself. Sure. But now that I see that this is how yeah. it's going to stay, yep. it just, it, uh, it's just like, oh man, this, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> no, there's a dog. That dog is pissed. That dog did not like that song. No. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just like there are other things to sing about than just the basic standard love song shit. Like you don't yeah. need to do that all the time. And then lyrics like, you're saying you can't take it, but I know we can make it. Really? You're rhyming it with it? <laughs> <laughs> just come on, man. Not only is that bad writing, but then also the rhyming scheme is bad. Plus, no unclean vocals this entire track. Right. I actually wouldn't have a problem with this if it had unclean vocals because it I would definitely would. show a lot more adversity. I mean, I don't know if I'd Diversity? Love this. Diverse. Oh, fuck. It would be great if they showed a lot of adversity to each no, other, like they were just fighting each other. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, It would definitely give the track a lot more diversity. And there I still go. don't know if I'd love the track or like it that much, but it would definitely make it better. I think because when you click this song and you know the scene that we're in, you expect them to do that, and they have an unclean vocalist. So I don't know what the hell he does live. It just makes me worry for the rest of the album. Yeah, no, same here. Moving on, we've got the Acacia strain. I think it's how you say it. I think it's Acacia. Acacia? Is that like a cyberry? I don't know though. That's just what I. That's how I read it. I always read the Acacia strain or All Acacia. Right. I'll let everyone know, even though you probably know if you're in the scene, but it's A-C-A-C-I-A. I bet Ty knows. Of course he does. Ty <laughs> knows all. We all know that. Their new track, Bitter Pill, off their new album, Grave Bloom, comes out June 30th on Rise Records. So let's take a listen. You guys thought I was going to stop that, but then I was like, oh no, it's breakdown time. Bam. <laughs> How'd you like that? Look, in a minute and a half of a track, I like a nice stop breakdown. <laughs> so it worked yeah. out well. <laughs> okay, so you know how whenever you hear a metalcore album, you compare it to Vesta Collide? Sure. And that's like, you know, that's your um your form of measurement. For this year, yes. You know, badass or not. That's how I feel with Fit for an Autopsy when it comes to like the deathcore metal music that this is okay it was a good track uh mm -hmm. it was good it was hard hitting definitely i saw this one comment when i was looking at it on youtube that had me laughing my ass off where it said this song hits harder than my stepdad <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was so no, that funny. is pretty good 
<laughs> and it had like 160 likes and everything. I wasn't the only one who liked it. But anyways, the song itself is good. I enjoy it, but it's really hard for me to hear anything better now than fit, than fit for an autopsy's new album. Gotcha. Okay, well, look, that's only one track. There's still yeah. plenty of album to come. They'll be on Warped Tour, too. I'm sure that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, probably check them out for sure. Next up is Tiger Wine with their second single off their brand new album, Die With Your Tongue Out. It's called Spit. Their new album comes out on April 14th through Blood and Ink. So let's take a listen. Go listen to more of that on your own. Yeah, no, and and I did like the track. I think that everyone needs to hear this on their own time fully. Yep, because that's agree. how you get the most out of it, you know. But because there's not like a like a certain part or anything that's just gonna like catch you. You have to hear this like as a whole, and it's a really good track. And I really enjoyed the other song that they released too. So I'm really excited for this uh, this album, and I love the album title name by the way too. Yes, I know there's a story behind that, but maybe I have a secret about this band coming up soon. Oh, shit, I don't even know it. <laughs> I know, but hey, you never know what Ian Hates Music is going to come up with next, so... How dare you? Bam. The Ian part of it, not Ian Hates Music. <laughs> How dare you? You're keeping it from the rest of Ian Hates. I have to. Okay, okay. All right, guys, that is the end of new tracks for this week. We flew through those, so make sure you go ahead and check out all the ones you liked, because those bands definitely deserve it. Next up is a quick concert review. I still love that people who have never listened to the show don't understand why we play that going into concert reviews. On this kind of show where we talk about this kind of music, it's like, wait, what the fuck? It's fucking hilarious. But that's what we do. We keep running jokes going. Yep. So obviously we went through a huge recap of So What, but also last week I went to see 10th anniversary of Take to the Skies Enter Shikari show featuring Being as an Ocean. Jackson, it was a Damn good show. I'm so glad to hear that because I expect to be going this Saturday. Awesome. Very nice. I look forward to hearing your review of it as well. What was interesting for me, and I don't know if it'll be the same for you, but there was no one else on the bill. Not even local bands? Not even local bands. Literally just being as an ocean, going into Enter Shikari. That's strange. It really was, but it worked. I mean, I'm completely fine with that. It means I could show up later. You know, after doing more prep work and editing of shows and all that kind of stuff. So that worked for me. But yeah, being as an ocean, they're such a weird fucking band. They're such a good band, though. I mean, the lead singer just sits down at one point, cross-legged, and sings a whole track. He also came up to the second balcony area and just ran around and sang there as well. But they do whatever they want. I think that's the thing. They set the tone, and they're going to do what they want no matter what the audience thinks they should be doing they just do what they do 
That's amazing. You know how, like, at the beginning when I first was on the show, I explained how no, I don't. I have a vinyl collection. I don't listen when masterpieces you talk. go on there. <laughs> yes, I have every Being as an Ocean vinyl in my collection because Being as an Ocean is one of my all-time favorite bands. I got you. So I am so glad to hear what you're saying about them. And yes, they are very weird, but that's what's so interesting about seeing them live because you're not going to get a basic show. And they're not even the same every time live also. Like I've seen them probably five times and it's different every single time. Yeah, I've seen them before as well. And yeah, they do switch it up. That's for sure. So I'm really glad that you enjoyed it because I'm so excited to see it. Yeah, they did a really good job. And yeah, it was so different that it made it even more interesting as well. Cool. Then Enter Shikari came on. Now Rue had a head cold because it's fucking New England. And everyone I've seen recently has been sick. And that's just the way it is because this fucking place sucks. So <laughs> Rue still did a good job, though. Pretty much did. I think it was everything from Take to the Skies, just minus the offbeat things. You know what I mean? The interludes and all that kind of stuff. But pretty right. much everything was done. And they did a very good job with it. It was really cool hearing that stuff again because they really haven't been playing them. But then they also played other tracks. So one song I hadn't heard for a really long time, they played Juggernaut. Oh, shit. Yeah, and they never play anything from that, from Common Dreads, really, either. So it was interesting to hear that. Then they spliced in a few of the newer tracks, you know, that kind of thing, Minesweeper and everything. And it was really interesting. I really enjoyed it. It was kind of like a full circle thing because I had seen them so many times. And it was cool to see them again in this venue doing Take to the Skies and then even doing a good job, even with having a cold. Well, hell yeah, dude. That, That makes me even more excited again. I mean, shit. I've never seen Enter Shikari live, so it's going to be cool to see it. But yes, I would recommend everyone go see that show for sure. Because I'm not going to run down the track list or the set list or anything. Just go see them. Yes, sir. Now, this week, just this week itself, by the way, I have two dates for Newfound Glory plus Era, then fucking WrestleMania. Fuck, Ian, damn. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know how I'm going to get all this stuff done. <laughs> no idea. And you got Mayday Parade coming along, too. No, no, that's in May. Oh. But my April is packed full of shit, too. Damn. Fucking WrestleMania. You're so lucky. We'll see. I, uh, for the worst WrestleMania? I don't know. Who cares? You're going to be there. That is true. All right, Jackson. So you have entered Shikari coming up on Saturday, hopefully, as well. And Friday, I have Chelsea Grin, Ice Nine Kills, Gideon, and Enterprise Earth. And Ice Nine Kills just put out a brand new music video mm. for Nature of the Beast. So go check that out. And also... On that note, I did want to mention that Friends of the Show, Take the Fall, have put out a video for one of their tracks as well. So you can check that out. I shared it on the Facebook page. And it's just a fun video. So check it out when you can as well. Cool. Good pop punk style, you know? Uh, Of course. All right, man. It's time for Breakdown from the Past. Breakdown from the past time, for anyone who has never heard this segment before, it's something we wanted to do to kind of pay tribute and to shed light on artists that people might have either forgotten or have never had a chance to hear before, bands that aren't together anymore, but you don't want to forget their music. It's out there for everyone to hear. You shouldn't just have to listen to new music. Tons and tons of other artists that have put out awesome stuff that you might have just completely forgotten about. So that's why we do Breakdown from the Past. So Jackson, take it away. All right. So I got the Dream 
The Chase. Mr. Ian, have you heard of this band? I have indeed, and we have not done it on the show. So well done. Keeping the streak alive. <laughs> I'm keeping it going. Hell yeah. This is another one-and-done band. Uh, I believe all they've had was an EP. It was a six-song EP called Found Again. And, man, uh, this kind of gives you that old-school 2005-2006 vibe. Not too many unclean vocals. Okay. You know, it's very little to none. But it's just great old-style alternative on the, you know, it's got that emo vibe, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I got you. So I recommend that, Ian, you play Who is Alone by the Dream the Chase, and let's see if people like it. You got it. Nice, man. Thank you. So is the streak still going? Am I good? Yes, you're good. You ruined the bit Fuck of yeah. Jackson being terrible at Breakdown <laughs> from the Past. So my band as well this week is another one and done. This is a full-length album, though. The band's name is Scatter the Ashes. Have you ever heard of them? I have not. Well, they're like a post-hardcore alternative band, probably somewhere around there. Good mix. And their album is called Devout slash the modern hymn. So I'm going to play a track called City in the Sea.
So yeah, man, lighter on the unclean vocals with this band as well. I liked it. They were also on Epitaph too. Oh, cool. Good label. I thought so. So yeah, no real personal stories about these bands this week, but still good decisions, good choices. People should check them out for sure. I agree. Wow, Jackson. I can't believe we made it through this. We killed it. We killed it. And with like barely any technical difficulties as well. Hell yeah. These these are the weeks that you're just like, oh my God, thank you. I didn't need another thing to fall down. Exactly. Exactly. So I think right now it's time to close out the show. Let's do it, man. Do that thing you do where you do the quick run through. Ian. See, look, there's already a pause. You gotta keep going. No, it's because I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't do that. I'm gonna fuck up. The <laughs> you did it once. Again. I'm just telling you. No, this is off air stuff. Okay. That's why I pause. Fine, fine. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're new, we appreciate your time. We had a kick ass weekend, and we're really excited about what's to come. Again, thank you so much. Thank you to new listeners. Thank you to old listeners who stick around. Just thank you for everything. Ian, take it away. Well done. I like that. So for people unfamiliar with the show, you can support Ian Hates Music by following all the links in the description of this episode. Obviously, you're listening to us somehow, and we thank you very much for that. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, any of those other places that pick up our show and end up transmitting it as well. I see that all the time. There are all these different stations and stuff that also play our show, so you can find it there. It's all over the place. You can even go to the website, ianhates.com. That's it, ianhates.com. You get all the shows for free. You always get the shows for free. That's what we do here. We have a ton of interviews, as we mentioned, from So What. I will state them again for everyone. Whitney Payton, Ben and Trey of Invent Animate, Mikey, Josh, and Skaggs from Misfortune, Zach from Sleep On It, and Daniel from Capsize. All these will be coming out, even if I sound bad in them. We are definitely getting these out for everybody. Plus, I have brand new Ian Hates Music Conversation Editions coming out soon. I cannot announce them yet because they are a surprise, but they will be out very, very soon. Just think of all the great albums that are coming out and think about who we could possibly have coming up, and hopefully those will be the people that you guessed. But that is happening. So I would also like to thank, once again, everyone at So What for inviting us and giving us the opportunity to be down there. It really was awesome. We look forward to the future. So Jackson, do you have any final words for everyone? Again, just thank you, everybody, and I love you all. Peace out. And I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. So I'll